readers and listeners to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am Mark Cook, along with my boss, Scott Reynolds, and John Ledyard is with us today, and we have a brand new title sponsor for the Pewter Report podcast, Scott. That's right, Mark. PewterReport.com is excited to announce its partnership with Celsius Energy Drinks, which provide essential functional energy for your active lifestyle. Stay active and energized all day long with Celsius by your side. I'm drinking the grape right now, and orange is probably my favorite, but they come in an assortment of flavors. And uh, the important thing is staying active and energized all day. And you can do that with Celsius by your side. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. And they're different from other energy drinks because they focus on movement. When combined with exercise, their formula is clinically proven to boost your metabolism and help you burn your body fat. Whether you need an extra boost at the gym or delicious pick-me-up to help you hustle through your work day, Celsius is here to help you stay active and focused on your goals. Made with only the best ingredients, Celsius has no artificial preservatives or flavors, no aspartame, or high fructose corn syrup, and it's very low in sodium. Check out the newest Celsius flavors, Peach Vibe, and look for the new fall flavor, Fuji Apple, on Amazon.com or local retailers. Guys, we're excited to have Celsius as uh, the title sponsor for PeterReport.com. This is great because uh, I drink Celsius, and I've been drinking Celsius uh, really since the beginning of this year. My wife actually, actually got me hooked on this. She likes the watermelon, but once I tried the orange, I was hooked and we pursued a partnership with Celsius. They're a Florida-based company that's a national company and highly encourage you guys to click on the banners that you see on pewterreport.com. They're going to take you to Amazon where you can order Celsius by the pack and save a lot of money doing so. But uh, we're grateful and excited to have Celsius as our title sponsor for the Pewter Report podcast. I'm glad I'm glad you got Celsius uh, aboard, Scott, because I hate the the drink Fahrenheit. It's just an awful, awful energy drink. So I think <laughs> Celsius is going to be so much better. And uh, you know, listen, if you want to, you know, throw me and John a couple cans uh, to drink during the podcast, that'd be cool too. But I'm definitely going to yeah, go to they're, Amazon they're on the order way. some. Awesome. Well, the, awesome. The, the great thing, the great thing about this, before we get to Buccaneer football, is is uh, I, I used to drink other energy drinks, and you get the jittery feeling sometimes. And sometimes you get the crash afterwards. No jitters and no crash with Celsius. So it's it's, uh, it's definitely the uh, the energy drink for the Reynolds household and, and soon the Cook and Ledyard households as well. And hopefully yours too, Pewter Nation. Check out Celsius.com. Yeah, definitely go check them out. Again, we want to thank them for becoming the new title sponsor of the Pewter Nation podcast or the Pewter Report podcast. Look, we can't do it without um, without these guys and our other advertisers. So please, uh, please patronize them as often as you can. Guys, uh, I don't know if you can see in the background above the um, where the Barrett Rude picture normally is. But I've I was got gonna my... say you have it covered up, and I wasn't sure what was going on there. Well, it's in it. Bruce We Trust, and and I say that because after last week's game. I had my doubts. 
and I wrote about it a little bit this week, that this is going to be Bruce Arians. He's going to have to pull his best coaching job, his entire staff, to get them to keep that 38-3 debacle from becoming two losses, three losses, and four losses, and just a, a downward spiral this season. Something I wrote about in, in the hook on Thursday, that the Bucks are on the brink of either success or disaster, which is it going to be? So in Bruce We Trust, I just want to say, I think the staff did a masterful job getting the guys' heads back around. Now, Bruce talked about the leadership in the locker room being a big part of that, but you know what? Bruce Arians and his staff deserve a lot of credit for this win today. Yeah, yeah, guys, it wasn't. I mean, it, it wasn't just the the staff. It was the entire team. This was this yeah. was a, a week that was interrupted by a hurricane. It yeah. was interrupted by a seven hour plane delay getting into Carolina. So uh, this team had a lot of challenges to overcome. Not just that awful game film, John, from the Saints game on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, it, it's something when you're a team that doesn't have a winning culture. It, I don't care, like. Who the opponent is, it is hard to mentally overcome those hurdles. And I know you can talk about who the Bucs have brought in this offseason and how it's a new culture and things like that. And I get that. But at the same time, most of these guys here are still guys who are here through all, all the losing and throughout the struggles of this team. And so it's a lot for a team to be able to face that and kind of overcome that. And I didn't think the way that the game started was the smoothest either. So even more adversity within this game, you know, they're battling to be in a tie at halftime. Um, didn't really play that well in the first half. Final score really wasn't indicative of the, kind of the struggle early on in the game. But in the second half, just put it all together, both sides of the ball, complete real performance other than that, maybe that return, the kickoff return uh, by the special teams unit. But other than that, I mean, pretty complete performance. A few red zone woes to nitpick at, but – this team put up 46 points and kicked three field goals that were what under 30, under 25, under 30 yards or yeah. something like that. So that's a pretty good day at the office. And John, I got to give you credit. Earlier in the week, after you watched the game film, you saw Joe Haig just get destroyed, and you came up with the idea. I don't know if you called Bruce and told him this or not, but <laughs> uh, or maybe Tom Brady did it, as Mike Florio tried to say. But you um, you called for Shipley to move the center and Jensen go to guard. And when you said that, I thought it's a little puzzling. But when I rewatched the game again myself and saw the struggles that Joe Haig had, which kind of created some struggles for Donovan Smith as well, who who's capable, fully capable of having his own struggles by himself, uh, it was just bad. And and I thought. Uh, today's lineup, uh, offensive line, they're going to be on the most impressive, the, the entire mm -hmm. line. I can't just pick one guy because all of them at some point really stepped up and played well. You don't run a 98-yard touchdown run ever without your offensive line doing something good and running for over 200 yards. And Tom Brady sacked only one time today. So my hat's off to you for coming up with that and for uh, calling Bruce and telling him to do that because it really panned out well. <laughs> good job, Coach Ledyard. Well, don't give me too much credit because – I also had one of the more infamous <laughs> tweets of this afternoon. And this you're getting good after, at this. You're getting good at this with those early yeah. game tweets, man. You gotta, the, the, you gotta bite your tongue. Into a corner. Yeah. Get it? That's right. I mean, hey, if you're not putting takes out there, you're not living. That's what I say. And so Rojo, you know, he fumbles again. I mean, this is what the last three weeks we've already seen his snap count decrease. Last week, uh, I believe he had a, a season low, 16 snaps. I know some of that was the game situation, but the two weeks before that. Also, he was trending downward, and it was because of mistakes. You know, right after the drop screen pass three weeks ago, he gets benched, he gets sat down, and Fournette takes over and is playing most of the most of the rest of that game. Fournette plays, and Fournette's passed him up easily in snaps, and then he has the fumble against the Giants. And again, 
It's Fournette. Fournette passes him up easily and snaps again. And last week, again, obviously the game situation with Fournette being more of the pass catcher, he passes him up. And, you know, that fumble, second play of the game on a, on a catch, I was like, that's it. There's just no way. The Bruce Arians I have known for years is not putting up with one more second of this Rojo fumbling and bumbling his way in the passing game. There's a pass first team. you got to be able to catch the ball early downs, no matter what, if you're on the field. I'm fully aware, and I've said many times, Rojo is the superior running back to Leonard Fournette, but at some point, man, I mean, all the fumbles and drops. And Arians, nope, decided to stick with Fantasy owners got to be just absolutely furious. They already hate Arians. They have for years because he always says one thing, does another. But here he goes, and he keeps – Ronald Jones in the rest of the game rides him big time, 192 rushing yards. Obviously, most of that coming on the 98-yard touchdown run. But Rojo has a huge day, and I said in my Game Changer article, it's a good thing they let players read Twitter on the sideline now because that was all <laughs> the motivation that, that Rojo needed. And I got a text I got a text from our favorite general manager that said he would spare me this week. So I appreciate <laughs> him. Jason Light, we love you. You are a GM, and we appreciate you. And Ronald Jones. Big day in the face of just when it looked like he was down to his last life, man. Guy gets it done. Jake Arians didn't spare you, though. Jake yeah. uh, Jake fired he never you a does. little bit on Twitter. Yeah, But no. he also shouts out all my good takes, too. So I, I at least he's fair. I appreciate yeah, that. Well, what, what John, John, you had a good take when it came to having AQ Shipley start at center and moving Ryan Jensen to left guard. One of your stories, though, this week was the Buccaneers seem to be wasting – Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul dropping in the coverage. Yes, you know I what? thought about this too. I, I agreed with you. I, agreed I still with you. agree. I think everyone did. I, I, still, I agree. still agree. Yeah. But Regardless for one day pick. and one play, yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul said, no, John Ledger, no. I'm going to intercept this pass and make you eat those words. And he sure did. So right after that Ronald Jones touchdown we just got through talking about, Jason Pierre-Paul comes up with a huge play in the game. And, uh, and it, although the Buccaneers – we're, we're underwhelming on that drive. It, it ended up with, with just uh, three points rather than seven. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about the, the Bucks' red zone woes. They still scored five touchdowns. But that was a big play right there because uh, that gave the Buccaneers a little bit of extra cushion and really kind of got the defense fired up. I thought they really put the clamps uh, down um, probably the entire second half. But certainly after that, uh, they, they did a, a hell of a job uh, defensively, holding the Panthers – to just 187 yards while the Bucks' offense piled up 544 yards. Yeah, absolutely. And big, big earn. We appreciate the mm, Cook's camera yeah, quality. I actually yeah. think things look a lot look, better today, Mark. Look, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to rub it again today. I, I I don't know what's going on. I actually did some research this week on MacBook Pro cameras. I mean, this is a new computer. Uh, it shouldn't be this bad, but MacBooks are not known. This particular model is not known for their front face camera. Uh, they actually suggested that I actually use my phone, the phone camera, the iPhone phone camera is better. So I'm looking at getting a tripod and, and trying that out. The problem with that is I'm blind, so I won't be able to read anything on the screen if I do that. And I'll look better, which you guys probably don't want to see me in 1080 HD. But listen, if that's what you want and you, you know, you're willing to be a, a super chat guy and, and, and make a donation to make fun of my camera, bring because... it on. Every donation we get is going towards Cook's camera. So that's right. Keep, <laughs> well, keep it coming. coming you know? Keep it coming. And actually, this is a true story before we get back to football. Cameras are very difficult to find because they've been a huge boom 
because people are having problems with their cameras on their computers because everybody's yeah. doing Zoom meetings these days. And, and so the Best Buys and the big box score, stores, it's actually difficult to find a camera. Christian Perez, our good buddy over at Loose Cannons, actually told me he's got a Logitech he would let me borrow. So I'm going to try and catch up with him this week and try it out. So we'll see if it yeah. helps. Probably not. I think that well, we talked about Ronald Jones a little bit too, but all, all, honestly, guys, one of the big things in this game, you mentioned a little bit at the outset, Mark, was just the the duo of of Shipley and Jensen and what they were able to do. Um, you know, moving Jensen over to left guard didn't seem like it was a switch that was too big a deal for him. And Shipley, man, he stepped right in and was great. I mean, he had a great block on the Ronald Jones touchdown. Jensen gets to the second level, seals off the linebacker easily like they've done it all season long and then watching just Jensen just seemed to be a calming presence for Donovan Smith. I just think he needs that. And so um, it was a huge coaching move. It was a good coaching move. I think we maybe could revisit a little bit and say, man, why didn't they do this against the saints? And as weird as it sounds, but would it have been a different result a little bit with Joe egg not getting, I mean, he got just crushed the first couple drives he of the did. game um, for the bucks. And I, I just well, wonder what, what could have been different? I know he's a guard and he shouldn't have that kind of impact, but that's yeah, certainly but what John, it seemed like watching the tape. Joe Haig made his presence felt today. He allowed Ryan, uh, Ryan Suckup's extra point to get blocked. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's back. I do. Well, he's you guys back. wanted him on most disappointing. I was like, here we go, Joe Haig's. I mean, I mean, yeah. fittingly so. It's not been a good ride for the free agent pickup uh, so far, but the rest of the, right. especially given how good this offensive line played. Uh, without him in the game and uh, i know we talk about it every week but tristan Wirfs, i mean <laughs> this guy is incredible i mean what he's doing as a rookie at that position in the nfl is just bonkers uh you know brian yeah. burns they're having him rush against donovan smith because they know he's the worst tackle and i know donovan smith ain't no world beater but i mean this is we're talking about a guy that's in his first year in tristan yeah. Wirfs, and he is already forcing teams to change the way they they rush i mean that's how good he's been. So you can't say enough good things about him, I don't think. Speaking of old takes exposed, Scott and I were both, before the season starting, saying, you know, Joe Haig's probably going to start the season out at right tackle and, you know, and kind of kind of rotate in with Tristan Wirfs. Boy, we were way off on that. But I don't think anybody expected a rookie to come in. And he was the fourth of the big four to be drafted, right? Um, so Yes, correct. So, he, yeah. he, you know, he was the bottom of the barrel, if you want to say that. Uh, not in the Bucks' eyes. They were happy to have him where they drafted him. But um, no offseason, you know, no OTAs, all of those things like that. For him to come in and play as well as he has is is a huge, huge uh, feather in the cap for for uh, Jason Light and his staff. They did a tremendous job of And I'll tell you another thing. I, again, old takes exposed. I didn't, I, you know, I was, I, Tristan Wirfs, you know, I don't really like being mean on the field and it's, you know, not in my nature. And I'm pulling my hair out when I heard this <laughs> during the off season, because you want that mean nasty, mean. right? Man, but he, he, he's, he's, you know, he's one of those guys that between, you know, one and four o'clock, he, he plays plenty mean enough. So congratulations to uh, Jason and the staff for that pick. Cause it's been huge. Uh, yeah, Drew Sherritt, do you want to read? Do you want to read this real quick? Huge Drew Sherritt, huge decision yeah, yeah. to keep Rojo in. Glad he did because Fournette really didn't look great even before the horrible drop. I'll be honest with you, is I'm like you, John, and and probably you, Scott, as well. After that fumble, my son was uh, over watching the game, and I, I looked over. I said, Ronald's not going to see the field the rest of the day. He's he's done. He's going to be in the doghouse, yeah. and uh, and he was right back in there in the next series. And I, th- I think that's sometimes what you got to do uh, for confidence for for skill position guys. 
And and I've said it all year, but it is so obvious that he is a better running back than Leonard Fournette. Yeah. And that's what is so frustrating about it is because it's the right call to play him, but it's also killing a team that it, it was until, you know, the rest of that game, especially the second half, really the 98-yard touchdown, you know, but it's the larger sample size. He's just be hurting the team so much uh, because he's so ineffective in the passing game. I mean, Pro Football Focus was tweeting it out earlier, like his – the amount of yards he's getting on average after catch is like a black hole. They've never seen it that low for a run for the running back position. I mean, he yeah. is just he hasn't made anybody miss. He's dropping passes. He's misplaying balls. You know, he's just been such a mess. Um, but he, you know, and that's one of the things about Ronald Jones, right? When he started his career, it was a confidence thing. It was a mental thing. Like, you know, that was the part of his game you were worried about a little bit. And they stuck with him and he responded with the big game. I definitely think the offensive line's a big part of that. But you could see the difference even when Fournette was in there. I mean, it wasn't wasn't the same. Fournette just doesn't he doesn't see it, man. It doesn't. It's not instinctive for him to play running back. He's a good athlete and he's big, but it's just not instinctive for him to play running back. He does have better hands, but he did drop one again today too. But you know, the passing game continues to be an adventure at the position. But it's clear Rojo's the best runner in my opinion. He just has to not kill the team when he's out there. Yeah, it, and I, I mean. It's crazy, right? Because Ronald Jones had those 100-yard rushing games when Leonard Fournette couldn't play. And then mm -hmm. when Fournette came back in, it messed up Rojo's mojo. Well, Rojo got his mojo back today in a big way. And uh, and we've seen this offense now go over 200 yards uh, rushing for the first time this season. And and more importantly, just 544 yards uh, worth of total offense today. But, but again, 63% on third downs. And what I liked about Tom Brady was – was you're looking at first down completions to Antonio Brown. Um, Cameron Brait had a huge third down conversion. Mike yeah. Evans had uh, a big fourth down conversion catch. Chris Godwin was money today on third down for the Buccaneers. So certainly a night and day difference for the Buccaneers on third down from Sunday night's game against the Saints. And then also on the defensive side, I, I believe the Saints were, were hitting 11% of their third downs, and that's due to the Buccaneers' stingy defense. Um, I, I believe they were one of nine on third down today. And then uh, another big play was was the fourth down, the, the fake punt. Nothing went right for the Panthers except for that long kickoff return for yeah. a touch, well, almost for a touchdown, but they scored a touchdown after uh, Sean Murphy Bunting made a hero tackle uh, inside the five-yard line. But uh, it, it, kind of a desperate call for, for Matt Rule. When you're looking at um, going for the fake punt right there, this is the, the fourth time that the Panthers have tried a fake punt this year and twice against the Buccaneers. It didn't work either time. Justin Watson with his first career sack. Yeah. Um, and, and that was I, and funny. I think that was. It was great. You know, and it, We even tweeted about that because it, it ended up kind of being a run play, but it really, once that, that quarterback, or I should say once the punter, had the, the ball back ready to throw, then he decides to tuck it and, and move up there. I said, Justin Watson, that's a sack. So one of three sacks by the Buccaneers today, kicked off by Justin Watson's play on fourth down there. And then Shaq Barrett uh, had one to close out the game. Jason Pierre-Paul, aside from that huge interception he had, also had a sack. He has the team lead now, seven and a half. Shaq Barrett is up to, I believe, five or six this year no Devin Watson I think, I think Devin, it's four maybe for Shaq Barrett four and a half. no he, I think no he had four coming in so this gives him five yeah he's got okay, five I would oh, that's right that. with, with five sacks but Jason Pierre-Paul seven and a half a big uh, day for yeah. JPP I'm still super worried about the pass rush though I mean those sacks were late oh, in the yeah. game and 
you know, they were hustle yeah. sacks, coverage sacks. PJ Walker took it a couple. I think they were just ugly, you know, and, and Teddy Bridgewater held it way too long. Most of this game, the pass rush didn't do anything, especially most of that first half. It felt like the right. Panthers didn't even have the ball in the second half. I guess they really didn't have the ball very much after yeah. the interception um, by JPP. But yeah, it's just, I'm still very worried about the pass rush for sure. Um, we can get back to that later in the show, but because I do want to shout out my guy, Eric Collison, jumping yeah. in the chat. I think this is the first time Eric has commented in the chat here and he drops the ten dollar super chat whoa like a total og i might have a new camera tomorrow that's <laughs> it baby let's go eric really wants to see cookie in high def i love oh, it boy eric appreciate you man and he says he, so we can says, officially so, say that bringing godwin in from split end to be a blocker on obvious run plays and dropping pass rushes into coverage is the way to success right yes <laughs> sample sizes do they matter or do they not that's what we have to ask ourselves I think there's some benefit to bringing Godwin inside on the run plays because um, he is an effective blocker, but I wouldn't do it as much as they do it, I don't think. And dropping the pass rushers into coverage, I love it as a wrinkle. I just don't like it at the rate of like 10 or 11 times a game right. out there doing right. it now. Um, that's where it gets a little bit too much for me. But, uh, but yeah, it worked as a wrinkle today, and so it was a good call in that situation for sure. Dragon Lope has, 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 a, has a comment as well. And we appreciate the super chat donation. What a rush. What did I say? Four easy dubs. And one of them, that's one of them, baby. Rojo hit demigod status today. JTT, JPP with a pick when we had some doubters. We did have doubters. The Bucks had doubters. Um, and they answered it today. Good performance by uh, many of those guys who were slandered uh, last week. One of those guys, Mike Evans. Mike Evans got his targets. Yes, I mean, would did. Bucks fans have been happy if this was a loss because Mike Evans was getting his targets? I don't know. <laughs> they might have been. <laughs> Depends on well, if they had him on their fantasy teams. That's true. I think one of I the think, things to look at in this game, though, is is just how, how the offense spread the ball around, right? I mean, uh, Tom Brady, uh, you had uh, a bunch of receivers, right, that, that had uh, big days. Godwin, 92 yards. Mike Evans, 77 yards on 11 targets. Uh, Antonio Brown, eight targets, seven catches, 69 yards. We talked about Gronkowski had a 44-yard uh, catch that helped set up a touchdown, 51 yards for the day. So that's that's four different receivers that had 50 yards or more receiving. Tom Brady, 28 of 39, 343 yards, three touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Probably could have had even more, right, because we had a touchdown pass go off of Tyler Johnson's hands and then one off of Mike Evans in the end zone. Brady could have had a six-touchdown day, five through the air, one on the quarterback sneak if the Buccaneers had been a little bit more sure-handed. Yeah, there's yeah, no doubt. There were they, they, That's the thing, and we t- and we talked about it with Bruce and and with Tom Brady after the game, is and, and, and Antonio Brown, as good as the Buccaneers did, racking up over 500 yards of offense, they left things out there on the football field. Now, yeah. let's, let's keep things in perspective. The Carolina Panthers are a terrible, terrible defensive team. They really are. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. they've used their entire draft this year on defensive players. And I think at the beginning of the year, they were starting like six rookies or, or some obscene amount of or first-year players on that defense. So they're not very good uh, defensively. So, But it was good to see the Buccaneers take advantage of that because we've seen Buccaneer teams in the past not take advantage of that. And again, bouncing back from such a humiliating loss – uh, I mean, I had the hangover, and I'm not even on the football team. I had the hangover till midweek. So these guys to be able to bounce back the way they did. Hey, maybe a hurricane was a good thing. Maybe it distracted him and got him thinking about something besides Drew Brees and the Saints. Now the Buccaneers moved to two and three within the division. I believe it is now. Uh, oh, the Saints. Two and two. 
two and two now. Okay. Yeah. Um, the saints are three and O. Oh. So I wrote in the hook that, you know, the Buccaneers are still, if they have any hopes of, of winning the NFC South, they're going to need the saints to, uh, to implode to a degree. They're going to need some help because their schedules are really kind of similar. When I compare the two schedules, they're, you know, they're also playing the same, uh, road or same out of division schedule as, as, as the Buccaneers are. And yeah. uh, they've got Minnesota. They got Detroit. So there's some there's some easy wins. You would think not Minnesota so much anymore, but um, but certainly Detroit. They've got a, a, two games with the Falcons. Um, I think they have one more game with Carolina left. So there's going to be some wins coming up on this on the schedule. You got to hope that the NFC South opponents can maybe somehow help the Buccaneers out a little bit. I know that the 49ers were hanging tough. I was watching a little bit of that as we were listening to the Zoom yeah, conference. I don't know what it Saints is now. now. It's 17-10 yeah. Saints at halftime. Anyway, all right. What else do we need to talk about, fellas? Well, Still I just want to things. say too about about the Mike Evans thing. You know, everybody is worried about Mike Evans getting his targets, and I think that I get it to some degree. Like I wrote about, it, there's other ways that things they can do. You know, they can get him more involved, but I don't think it's like the problem with the offense when they struggle necessarily. Like you know, I think they have to make be efficient when he when he's open and when the opportunities are there. But really, worrying about anybody's targets in this offense just seems kind of silly to me. Like this is such a talented group, but um, and I think that Chris Godwin is really the guy that the offense runs. I think you saw it today. I mean, he's the guy that I just think the way they move him around and a lot of the things that they ask him to do, being a chain mover, being a screen guy, they can get him manufactured touches. He can get open down the field. Um, he just does a lot of different things, and I think that he's just really, really valuable to this offense. And when he's out there and when he's healthy, man, I think it's just they're just a different group. And doing so with a broken finger, he still has pins in his finger, which I cringe at because I'm a guy yeah. that, you know, I've, I've. You have a broken finger, Scott? Uh, you broke yeah. your finger before? Yeah. Ah. Right here. Oh, it's, boy. it's never been the same. So, hmm. and it happened. I blocked Maybe it. you can did, tell did, us did that story. I, no, I yeah, listen, before. we're going to, I want to get to that, but we've got some other things we okay. got to get to. But, but we'll hold on oh, so to we'll that. Do, like, we'll maybe at the end of yeah. the podcast, we'll talk yes. about the block. Podcast? Yes. Okay. Like when we sign off, you can talk about it. Right. Okay. Great. Yeah. Okay. But John yeah, I'm just marveled, marveled, at, marveled at the fact that Chris Godwin is doing all of this, catching the ball, blocking with with uh, you know with, with pins in his in his fingers, mm -hmm. and, and it's it's uh that it's quite a tribute to his toughness, and not just being out there on the field, but contributing the way he did with some amazing catches, 92 yards receiving today. And and Bruce Arians talked about that when he got here, Scott. He talked about that. Um, he you know, is going to move Chris inside uh, the way that he kind of had Larry Fitzgerald playing that role in Arizona, and he yep. has to do the dirty work. And, um, you know, to Godwin's credit, he's not a prima donna guy that's like, you know, I just want to catch the ball. He'll do whatever it takes. And, uh, and John, I don't know that you've ever heard this story, but I've said it before on the podcast before, but I'll never forget when Chris Godwin was a rookie and we do a thing called Training Camp Diaries. Obviously, this year we didn't with the COVID situation where we interview rookies and a veteran player, uh, one from offense, one from defense every year, and and let them tell their story every couple days, how training camp's going, how things are going. And I remember Scott and I thought, man, Chris Goblin would be great. Let's get him aboard. And yeah. we spoke to his agent. His agent was on board, and I remember exactly where I was over in the corner um, after practice one day, and I brought it up to him. The Buccaneer PR staff was on board. I asked Chris about it, and you know what Chris said? He said, you know what, man? I really appreciate this. My agent mentioned it to me. He says, I just want to concentrate on 
making the football team right now and and contributing and uh it blew me away right i mean a lot of guys rojo was a was a you know member of that uh or was part of that training yeah. camp diary the scotty next miller. year but yeah scotty miller uh yeah. but 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 and i thought to myself here's a guy is <laughs> it reminds me of the mike allstott story when he was uh inactive in his first preseason game against miami after being a second round draft pick and he was down yeah. and depressed and the coach asked him what's wrong he goes well you know I, i'm trying to make this football team and they're like mike you're a <laughs> yeah. second round pick you're you're gonna <laughs> yeah. make the team but in yeah. his mind he needed to be out there right. and i think chris godwin didn't want any distractions at all and we've seen yeah. his hard work pay off and it's a shame he's had the injuries and missed the games that he has this year because there's no telling how much you know what kind of production he would have had in those missed games right yeah, there's just such that. a connection with he and tom brady i think right it's they've just it's been easy for the two of them i think as as much as people talked about it's not been easy with mike evans and you know I, there's some of that's true probably and then there's a lot of other factors too but it's 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 been a lot easier with chris godwin and it looked Real easy with Antonio Brown today as well. I mean, some some good yeah. plays by Antonio Brown. The one Brady did not play is the ball well at all. And A.B. came back inside and grabbed that one as he was getting hit. I mean, I've seen him do this a million times. And I know people who watch the Steelers have seen him do it a million times. But it's still pretty cool to see that he still got it even after being out of football as long as he was. I mean, what a weapon. What a luxury for this team to yeah. be able to have him. I'm not sure what happened early in the game. He was running a crossing route. And and Brady definitely threw him vertical yeah. and they never showed a wide shot. So I'm not sure who made a mistake there. Obviously, well, you know, I, he's not I, been I on that, that play, long, but on that play, it, it looked like uh, Brady wanted him to go more vertical straight down the field. Right. And you, you saw AB bending the route because he knew that the, that, that quadrant of the field was open. And if yeah, Brady yeah. Were, were to continue to carry the shot there, there's no way the safety could, could catch up. So just some miscommunication that Brady's not been great. There was a graphic on the Fox News broadcast, uh, the, the Fox Sports broadcast, about the uh, the troubles that Tom Brady's had with the deep ball, and we saw that today. We saw a couple of of uh, of those instances where it wasn't good with him throwing yeah. the deep ball and missing a couple shots. I think when Brady's been most effective with the deep ball has been indoors, right, with with uh, the Raiders game. So some of these, yeah. and, and the wind was a bit of a factor. That's one thing Bruce Arian said after the game was. Was that that uh, you know the the wind was was a factor was kind of swirling around there, and every time that you throw the ball deep, uh, the wind can affect it and, and carry it. The further out the, the pass is, the more that that uh, wind can play uh, effect there. But but still, uh, at the end of the day, this is an offense that wasn't quite perfect, but certainly perfect enough to get uh this this win which guys this is now seven wins seven and three your tampa bay buccaneers buck fans are seven and three they've matched the win total from last year still plenty of football to go mm -hmm. uh, the bucks will have an extra day off this week uh, or an extra day to work however they want to to spend their time but monday night football next against the los angeles rams on in tampa and uh right now as we look at this the rams um they are ahead of Seattle, 17-13. Yeah. But I, I think I read somewhere that, that Whitworth uh, was, was down and out in this game. So, Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of factors in this too. I mean, Brady, the deep ball, you know, it was like the Saints game, there's all those miscommunications, right? And we talked to the wide yeah. receivers coach about him, and he shed some light, and Bruce said some things, and, and still not totally sure. But those were like more miscommunications than accuracy issues. But the Giants game, I remember that to Evans, I remember one on the corner route that was just a little bit late. I don't think it was inaccurate. It was just a little bit late, allowed the defender to kind of catch up and get in the window. 
But then this today was more accuracy. I mean, the AB one I think was a miscommunication again, but there were a couple of accuracy ones where we had, I remember Gronk in the end zone and somebody else, I uh, can't remember right now, it might have been Evans, I don't remember, um, in the end zone. And, and there were some accuracy issues in both throws. He was forced to move off his platform re- a little bit, reset, you know, not necessarily bad protection, just just the nature of the game sometimes you have to shift and move to find a right throwing lane and that's when he that's when it didn't really all come together for him so we're still seeing that he really needs good pocket conditions I mean he's kind of always needed that but I definitely think that was my one thing coming into the year where I definitely saw with him like he needs good pocket conditions to be successful quarterback and the game is moving toward quarterbacks who don't necessarily need that now Brady still does a lot of things better than those quarterbacks for the most part, but yeah. um, that's definitely a, a true statement. I think that's fair to say about Brady right now. Well, the, the three losses they have two against the saints and one against the bears, the, the offensive line got whipped by the defensive line. I mean, it just came right. down to that. And, you know, it showed again today that if the Buccaneers can protect Tom Brady, he has enough weapons and obviously he's smart enough and has a strong enough arm and is accurate enough that he's going to he's going to rack up 500 yards of, of well, offense if he if he gets the time. Right. Yeah, I know. Right. I know. Yeah, I know what you're yeah, saying. Aaron Donald is coming to town. Next. Yes, they, they need yes. Ali Marpet back in the worst yes. way. Absolutely, the Jensen Shipley thing worked great today, but let's get Ali Marpet yes. back on the football field. Certainly, and and I was a little surprised that he was out. He must have had uh, a reoccurring headache because we asked Bruce about that either on Thursday or Friday, and he was leaning towards Ali being able to to go. But he said yeah, specifically, chance, unless right. he has another, you know, unless he has some some residual type headaches, so. Clearly, you know, something like that happened. Hopefully, Marpet will be back and uh, there's not anything. Or it uh, could have been one of those that. things where, and I don't, I don't think coaches want to look too far ahead, guys, but, but when you look at it, are you more afraid of Derek Brown on the inside or are you more afraid of Aaron Donald? And mm. would you rather have Ali, Mar play, <laughs> Ali Marpet play on, on this Sunday or would you rather have him play on Monday night? Yeah, uh, good I, point. I, I, I think that they felt comfortable enough with Shipley and – Mar, or I should say, and Jensen, you know, playing the, mm-hmm. the interior alongside uh, Alex Kappa at right guard, where they could handle the Panthers' lack of pass rush inside. And uh, so m- maybe they made a strategic decision to give Allie another week and get him prepared to play Aaron Donald and, and the Rams. He did a or tremendous they're... job against Aaron Donald last year in, in yes. Los Angeles. He was a non-factor in that game. Uh, and, and and a lot of that was because of the way that Ali Marpet played Jensen as well, right. but but uh, he was you know you even forgot he was on the football field at time, which is right. very rare for a guy like Aaron Donald, a guy by or, the way, John, who Scott and I absolutely loved at the Pro Bowl. Of course, we can't say that we were you know we were the only ones. A lot of people fell in love with Aaron Donald at the Pro Bowl, but I remember I mean not the, the Pro Bowl, Bowl, I'm sorry, the Senior Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we remember the very first practice. Scott and I looking at each other saying. Holy cow! This guy's a stud. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah you sure. know, I, I mean, if if I had to look at Ali Marpet's situation, fellas, I think that I would probably bet on him being yes. back next week Good for that point. big matchup against Baron Donald. But you know what else? If you're looking to bet, and I know that you guys are, our friends over at my bookie may be the place to do it. Late fall college football, the NBA bubble, UFC Fight Island. It's clear 2020 has been a year unlike any other which is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, 
There is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic tables, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. Use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, when you sign up. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join into the fun and win some cash while you're at it. You know what? I wouldn't have bet on Jameis Winston playing uh, for the Saints today, but he's actually in. Started the second half for the Saints. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's an injury. Jameis Winston is starting. I mean, started the second half for the Saints right now. So anyway, Twitter is blowing up with the Jameis Winston that's, news. Trending. That's wow. You know, well, yeah. it's really. I mean, because if Drew Brees is injured, that's. You know, he's had the shoulder, again, but I, I, I've known for about 10 minutes, but I purposely waited because I didn't want people bailing out on the podcast <laughs> to go because I can't wait to get off yeah. so I can go in there and see what happens with that situation. But anyway, well, it, it, very much like like long lost glazier. I pounded mm -hmm. the Buccaneers on my bookie and uh, I, I, I took the, the point spread there and, and cashed in big time. So that was that was my big win for this weekend. Didn't do so great on the college side. Uh, Wake Forest really screwed me. Oh my gosh! Oh man, they had a huge lead against North Carolina. North Carolina came back and outscored them twenty-eight to six to win by I think six points. Yeah. And uh, Wake Forest looked like they were cruising. Uh, my five-dollar bet was gonna was gonna win me fifty dollars <laughs> if not for uh, a late collapse by the defense there. But um, but yes, I definitely hammered uh, the Buccaneers and won today uh, on my bookie. So that. That was a nice little win, and we'll see what the point spreads are. You can log into my bookie and uh, and check that out. Uh, they'll be up tomorrow. It's so a couple people sounding off saying uh, Buccaneer Bruce saying Breeze was injured on a BS call. Breeze got slammed pretty hard on hit in the first half. I thought I thought, but I thought Taysom Hill was the backup quarterback. That's what he kept saying. <laughs> you know, right? that's, oh, he's he the is the more expensive player. No, he's the quarterback of the future. That's what they've said too. I mean, yeah. it's just ridiculous. There's, there's no defending the said that about said that about Tim Tebow as well, and we see how that's yeah. panned out. Great athlete, though. Great athlete. Great tight end. Yeah. Great no, situation. Pretty good athlete in junior high myself, and look at me now. So, <laughs> anyway, well, 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 zone was. Are you guys? Yeah. Are you guys worried about him? No, Scott. Uh, yes. Are you because, worried? Yes. Why? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm worried. I'm worried not because the Buccaneers don't come away with points. Ryan suck up. And we can say his name now. He's connecting on 90.9%, not 99%, but 90.9% of his field goal attempts. He had uh, a blocked extra point today that was not his fault, Joe Hagues. So this is a guy who, I think with the exception of two kicks this year, has been absolutely perfect. And he's had, what, one blocked field goal, two blocked extra points now. Those aren't his fault. So those three misses, not his fault. I think he's missed one or two other kicks. Otherwise, he's been absolutely perfect. He has been the Buccaneers' best player this year in terms of, of consistency. He's better than Tom Brady. He has been the best Buccaneer. So I'm not concerned. He hasn't concerned turned pick six, yeah. Well, he hasn't, exactly. Uh, right. 
but I, I'm not concerned about the, the red zone woes from the from the, the standpoint that the Bucks don't come away with any points. But in the red zone, right. yeah, it you have to have touchdowns uh, more so than field goals to win games in the NFL, especially against good teams. The Panthers are not a good team. They're better than the record indicates, but the, right. the Buccaneers just have more talent. So, but I, but before I, I, last week, before last the week, they calling. were perfect on goal to goes with touchdowns. Before and last, last week, week, only because of a draw. You know, yeah, I mean, they they, they draw, were perfect. Draw. So I, I'm I'm not overly concerned there. I, I I'm not. I, I, listen, you're right, Scott. When they take on the Kansas City Chiefs in two weeks, they yeah. better be back to uh, you know being perfect in that you know goal to go type situation, scoring touchdowns. You know, the, the Rams' offense, uh, when when they're on, they've got some weaponry, and and that could be a high scoring game on Monday Night Football. So yes, I I think that that you need to to get as many TDs on the board as possible. The Bucks have I'm not, five today. Because I'm not worried about I'm not worried about the Rams because I'm petitioning the NFL to move that to a one o'clock game. Uh, as long as the Buccaneers can play at one o'clock, I think they'll be able yeah. to beat the Rams. These eight yeah. thirty games, or actually, it'll be an eight twenty start. Um, right. First of all, it's, it wasn't today great for us, right? Just a regular. We get up, we have breakfast, we check, you know, watch the pregame and show, the football, football yeah. game. We watch it. It's six nineteen. We're wrapping up the podcast. A little bit more work to do, and uh, yeah. I'll be doing the mailbag till you know midnight. But I'll be watching football while I'm doing right. it. You know, it's last week was was brutal. The last well, and listen actually. before my my comments get taken out of context. Uh, Blue Ocho, sure a kicker for MVP. I'm not <laughs> saying MVP. I'm saying that Ryan Suckup has been the best most most consistent Buccaneer this sure. year. Most consistent and, I, and best, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he, every time you put him out there, he does what he's supposed to do. And as right. much as, as Tom Brady has been the offensive MVP and the engine for this team in so many ways, um, Brady didn't do anything last week uh, except throw three interceptions and and not convert the third downs necessary. It wasn't always Well, fall. it's just it a lot easier to be collapse. consistent as a kicker than it is a quarterback. Well, of course, it's, right? it's pass fail, right? It's 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 either you right. make the kick and it passes or or you miss it and it's a fail. And so right, uh, right. listen, I, I'm sorry. I've seen so many absolutely crappy kickers in Tampa Bay over the past decade. I'm going to celebrate when this team has a good kicker. So Try try the past forty five years, Scott, because I've seen every single one of them. Uh, yeah, there's been some bad kickers. Uh, my favorite still is Donald Igwe Buike from Nigeria. Uh, he yeah. was he was my favorite kicker, and we had a couple runs. Michael Husted was pretty solid there for a few yeah. years, and Connor, and Connor, Connor Barth. Barth. But but boy, there's there's been some bad. But Matt Bryan, of course, he's the one that created this curse. Obviously, he Martin, clearly Automatica Grammatica comes to mind. Yep, yep. Who drafts a kicker in the third round, Scott? Tony Dungy does. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, worked out pretty good. All right. Second uh, half it, performance it, from the Bucks defense was good. But the right. first half performance, fellas, I'm not sure. What, this defense has looked like it's been trending in the wrong direction. The pass rush wasn't really there. Again, wasn't getting home. Teddy Bridgewater started, I believe, 13 for 13 in this game. It looked like it was going to be a shootout all the way. Uh, and things turned in the second half. Todd Bowles did start playing more press coverage. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Um, but it still wasn't it wasn't enough. It didn't happen early enough, and uh, they got picked apart early on. It'll be very interesting to see how things go um, as 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 they head into their next couple games. Uh, the Rams are an offense unlike what they'll face, I think. And other teams, schematically, the Rams do a lot of things that a lot of their teams don't do. Um, the Bucks have not faced a ton of heavy play action teams. The Rams are heavy play action team. And the Bucs are, you know, the, the Rams run a ton of outside zone and the Bucs 
haven't really faced a ton of outside zone running, but you would think, you know, with the way that the linebackers play, it would benefit them. But sometimes run fits are a lot trickier against outside zone. So there's going to be, it's going to be a totally new concept for them uh, defensively and a totally defensively or offensively too. The Rams do a ton of things with their defense that other teams in the league are not doing right now. Going to write a lot about those this week at PeterReport.com. But it's going to be a very weird matchup uh, to be able to determine because the Rams are just different from a lot of other teams. I, I think yeah, it, I, I really right, feel right. like the the Ronald Jones touchdown run, and then back then then the next series the interception by Jason Pierre-Paul. This team, I felt like the defense was playing tight in the first half, and I think they felt the pressure from the 38 points the week before, almost allowing the Giants to go down in the fourth quarter, converting on a fourth and 16 in that game or whatever it was on that last drive. And it just seemed like all of a sudden, after that interception or maybe even after that run, you know, the ice was broken a little bit, and, and they just started yeah. playing a little bit looser. It's just the feeling that I got. I don't know. Uh, there's no scientific proof of any of that, but it was. It just felt like that, uh, you know, because they just they, they weren't they didn't have their confidence that they had, say, in the you know second, third, and fourth quarter of that Packers game, for instance. Um, I, I think they just lost a little bit of that for whatever reason, and uh, they seem to get it back. We'll see if it carries over though. Next week will be well, a big I, test. I, I think the one thing that 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 as as a defensive play caller, what Todd Bowles has said in some of these these um, conference calls with reporters is that when you, when you send the dogs, right, when you, when you blitz and you don't get there, um, it, it can kind of give you some pause to say, well, I, I don't want to do that again because we might give up a big play here or there. Um, I disagree with that approach. I, I think that you need to be uh, aggressive and have that mindset and say, this is who we are. We're going to come after you on third downs, whether it's third and three, third and seven, third and mm. 13, whatever, you, you're going to get pressure. And if you beat us, then you know hats off to you. But otherwise, we're going to get you. And you saw a little bit more of that with Todd Bowles. And I think that that he, Mark, as a play caller, felt more comfortable once once the, the defense kind of came to life with that Jason yeah. Pierre-Paul interception and the Rojo touchdown and started right. to get some separation that right. he could kind of take some of those risks. I don't know what's been but, holding Bowles back, but I'm just just saying, coming from the horse's mouth, what what he said is is sometimes. When you call the blitzes, you got to get there. And when they when they don't get there, I think he gets a little bit shell shocked, maybe, and says, "Am I going to keep pushing my luck here and rolling with these these blitzes? And if they don't get there, we're going to give up a, a big play." And well, every so time I, you blitz, that's that's you know that's man coverage on, on the back yeah. end, probably, or that's that's leaving somebody open if you in don't get there in a, in a one on one. So, yeah. um, I, I get you know it. What? But look, this Buddy Ryan in nice when it blitzes. This team I is agree. that's when it brings pressure. It's what they do best. So yeah. do it more often. That's all I'm saying. I was going to say Buddy Ryan in 1985 with the Bears was never pausing uh, based on uh, worrying about things like that. Now, obviously, right. the Buccaneers aren't the 85 Bears defense. But I'm just saying what you said. It's a mentality. It's their identity. And it's been successful. I don't know why they would change it uh, because clearly – you know, they've struggled when, when they're not getting pressure on the quarterback. By the way, Breeze is questionable to return with a rib injury, fellas. Jameis Winston hmm. era begins in New Orleans. Yes. Taking over. No Breeze pick retires. sixes yet. Two not for yet two so for far. 14 yards. We're yes. watching. There we go. He's going to eat that W. Um, yeah, there's uh, yeah, I'm definitely still worried about the defense. I don't feel necessarily – I think the next couple of weeks are going to be huge tests. I mean, obviously, going against the Rams offense that schematically, like I said, very tough. They're having a great day right now. Seattle's defense is awful, as we know. But 
Um, the NFC, guys, the NFC. I know we'll get to the big picture in a second uh, after we do game balls, but I mean, man, the NFC is just so interesting and so fascinating. Um, and this Drew Brees situation makes it more fascinating, I think. But yeah, it's just going to be very interesting to see how things kind of sort themselves out. But this defense, too talented to be giving up a lot of the easy stuff that they've been giving up. Good job finding it in the second half and getting their legs underneath them. But what they do schematically from here on out, I think, is going to determine a lot about the direction of this team's headed. No doubt about Definitely. it. I agree with you. Are we going to get to some game balls here, John? Let's do that. I I probably need to do some shaving. Um <laughs> I don't know that this would be considered man. Is it is manscaping only below the belt or is it it's is it above? Belt, yes. uh, I think below it's the below belt. the chin. I don't know. <laughs> well, in that I case, know. I'm gonna well, button my shirt here. By the way, I'm wearing my master shirt. Dustin Johnson, congratulations. Go ahead. Well, go ahead, Scott. Talk about time. our good friends at Manscaped. I, I would do just that. Listen, football's back, people, and what that means is time to throw on your team's colors and make sure. You don't fumble your grooming below the waist. Our partners at Manscaped are here to save your boys from a big hit so you stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Now, Manscaped is here with a surefire touchdown with the best tools for your grooming experience. This right here, fellas, this is the Lawnmower 3.0. I know, John, you've got one. Mark, you've got one. This is mine right oh, here. Yeah. Okay. Right here, and baby. I'm yeah. scared that you guys have those in your office. It's no, it's not. It should be in the oh. I have it handy. I'm never I'm never going in your offices again. I just want to say that. Well, Go ahead. We have Sorry. it handy for the show, Mark. That's oh, right. This right. is called a prop. This is the manscaped oh, prop. I hope you brushed it okay, out. Okay. So ahead. well what what I'm talking about is is this is the manscaped lawnmower 3.0. It's got a redesigned electric trimmer. The engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just Ooh. released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. This is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of the, cer the ceramic blade and the skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced. The perfect package, when you order that on manscaped.com, is going to come with the new and improved lawnmower, waterproof cordless body trimmer, performance briefs, and this awesome travel bag right here for you to, for you to use when you're done with your, your quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and the Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for the fellows downstairs. Get 20% off. This is the most important part. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code Pewter at Manscaped.com. Now, here's the extra thing. We've got more T-shirts to give away. If you want one of these cool PewterReport.com T-shirts, okay, uh, we rolled through the first 10, so we've got 10 more of these to give away. White, black, gray, uh, comes in, in many sizes. Uh, all you need to do is go to manscaped.com, use the promo code pewter. It's going to save you 20% off and free shipping. And whether it's for yourself or the holiday season's around the corner, so dad, your brother, your best friend, your uncle, grandpa, whoever, whoever needs Manscaped in your life, go ahead and and get them the one of the Manscaped products. And then you're going to get a T-shirt sent to you. All you need to do is email me the receipt that you get emailed to you from Manscaped at srpewterreport.com. Uh, don't worry. There's no financial information on those receipts. Just email me the receipt at srpewterreport.com, and I'm going to send you one of these T-shirts for the next 10 people that sign up with this offer. 20% off, free shipping, promo code pewter at Manscaped, football season audible. 
from the ordinary and choose Manscaped for your most important male grooming needs. I um, is. I, I us. agree. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I, go I'm ahead, go ahead, say this. I, I agree that it makes the great gift. I just don't know if I can give it to my dad. And be <laughs> like, Merry Christmas, dad. Go shave your balls, that. pops. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. My son asked me about it today. I didn't even want to think about that. But but yes, okay, get over that part of it. Now you've made us all product. think about it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I do. I make everybody uncomfortable. And one other thing, the great thing, the best thing about this thing is the headlight, man. The headlight is amazing on yes. it. It's got a light on there. And uh, I didn't know that I needed that until the Oh, uh, you need it for light. sure. It's the more yeah. light possible. Uh, down there to uh, you know to, to make sure that, that you, you know, don't want to make a mistake. Doing. Yes, exactly. That's right. It's smooth yeah. too, and just quiet. It's just not. Yeah. It's just all it's right. Great. All right, John. That's I'm starved. Now I'm getting visuals. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's unavoidable. Twenty percent off and free shipping is a hell of a deal, this. though, for sure. That's true. Yeah, right, yeah, and yeah. Christmas is coming right up too. So, yeah. all right, we got to talk about our game balls for this week. Coming off that manscaped read, we got game balls coming in there. I know people love that little segue between those and our game balls. We're going to start with Mark since he's all geared up to talk about this stuff. Game balls, Mark. Offense, defense, who you got? Well, uh, I'm going to go way out on a limb here, guys, and you're not going to agree with this, but I'm going to give my game ball offensively to Cam Brate. And I say that because, number one, he had the Buccaneers' first touchdown. What an incredible effort on converting on that third and 19. Uh, yes. Again, it was one of those game-changing plays. There were several in the game, but I thought that was a huge, huge play-by guy who, you know yeah. what, is 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 relegated to the bench a lot of the times. It's not a focal point of this offense. It's been lost in the shuffle, um, but I, I love Cambray. Uh, I think he's the consummate team football player, and you need guys like Cambray on your football team, and uh, since he doesn't get much love, I mean, it's easy to go with uh, Rojo. It's easy to go with Brady, but I'm going to go Cambray there. Defensively, I'm going to go with uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, and um, I loved what he said after the game. Uh, he corrected Rick Stroud. He said, no, I did not drop an interception last week in the Saints game. That was a pass breakup. I was trying to break up the pass. I decided this week to go ahead and catch the football. But, uh, you know, he was uh, he was a guy that was, you know, uh, he's a high-motor guy. I mean, Buccaneers feed off of his energy. You saw the team turn around defensively after his interception. So those are my two guys for the game balls. And, you know. That's it. my dad, too, for Christmas. He'll get some game balls. <laughs> All right, Scott, what do you got? Game balls, offense, defense. Well, listen, I, I got to give it to Ronald Jones. Just when I just when I don't think I'm going to get on the Ronald Jones train, well, he rips off three 100-yard performances, and I'm on, right? And then – all of a sudden, Leonard Fournette comes in, steals his carries, and I'm off the Rojo train. Now I'm back on, and why not? 192 yards, 98-yard touchdown run, 8.3 yards uh, on the day. And, uh, and already, with six games left in the season, Ronald Jones has already eclipsed his career high. He had 724 yards rushing last year. He already has 730 when you factor in today's. So I'm curious to see... Uh, how long Rojo can keep his mojo going because he he had a, a nice stretch right there with three 100-yard games. Leonard Fournette comes back into the picture. Things get a little muddied. And and now, uh, you know, you have to believe Bruce Aarons when he says, Rojo's my guy because what happened? On the second play of the game, he fumbled the ball. And then I expected, you expected, I think Buccaneer fans expected to see Leonard Fournette come in the game and take mm -hmm. over, but that wasn't the case. He stuck with Rojo, and he really proved some dividends. 
Uh, I would agree with Jason Pierre-Paul being the defensive uh, MVP of this game with the sack and uh, the sack that took out Teddy Bridgewater. And we'll see what type of injury Bridgewater suffered, if that's going to affect the Panthers' rest of the season or not. But uh, a great interception by Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, still have to give Ryan Suck up a game ball, too. Uh, this guy has been absolute money when the Bucks have needed him to come through with the field goals and the extra points. And, uh, again, we're in uncharted territory now with the, a Buccaneer kicker hitting 90% of his kicks, 90.9 for Ryan Suckup. So those three guys get my game balls. Don't don't jinx him like you did Matt Gay last year because I Ryan remember your, up. your last couple fabs, you Ryan were like, man, Matt Gay is going to set the Buccaneer record for most – you know, highest field goal percentage, and then he, you know, clanks three. I'm not writing about the, Ryan Sucka, but I'm not afraid to talk okay. about him. Okay. All right, good. All right, good. Johnny? Yeah, this this was a tough game to pick a defensive player, to be honest. You know, not not a lot stood out to me live uh, watching the defense. Jason Pierre-Paul yeah. did make the biggest play of the game and the interception on defense and a big play later in the game. Um, I'll shout out a guy because we haven't talked about him enough, Mike Edwards. You know, it looked like he was finally going to give up a play right before half. You know, this is we're talking about a 17-17 game. The Panthers got 20 some seconds yeah. left and they've got a deep ball down the field, 40 some yards to put him in field goal range. And he made a heck of a play to recover and knock that ball loose. Playing secondary in the NFL is incredibly hard. He made a great play uh to to avoid giving up the big play there. And that kept it at 17-17 going into halftime. He doesn't make that yeah. play. It's probably a Panthers lead going into halftime. So I'll give Mike Edwards a shout out because he just continues to be a great player for them when he's on the field. I think he might have hit 100 snaps for the season today. Um, you know, maybe they'll keep working on ways to find to get him in there. I uh, shout out Carlton Davis too, just because the guy is clearly not 100. percent And I know he gave up one big play in this game, but he didn't look right at all. And he just kept battling, yeah. knocked away a pass later in the game. He's what he's been hurt in like three or four games this year and come back yeah. into the game. I have the Packers game, the Bears game. There was, and then, and then today was at least maybe there's another one I'm forgetting, but he's just been really this, tough as nails for them this, this season. This is a um, tough team, man. Between him yeah, and God, they're tough. Jason Pierre-Paul, yep. just these guys that have been fighting through these injuries. It's it's yeah. a tough, resilient team. And Chris Godwin's my offensive pick. Honestly, you guys mentioned yeah. great ones, Ronald Jones. I mean, the offensive line deserves shout-outs. I mean, offensively, you could pick a lot of different people today. I just think when Chris Godwin's in there and he's healthy, it's a different football team. I really do. I mean, he moves the chains. He's big plays. He's a great route runner. He can play all over, so it's hard for defenses to scheme and take him away with one guy. You know, I think he just does a lot of different things really, really well for this team. He, like, never messes up. He catches the ball consistently. It's just hard to – find many complaints with Chris Godwin you know I mean mm -hmm. target him in the red zone maybe a little bit more and I think you'll be more successful than you were today he's just that type of guy you want to use him in those situations I think rather than throwing up so many 50 50s I think that that's where he shines and so um thought he was just exceptional today and had a huge performance for them one of the few run after catch threats on this team really uh when they can give him the ball short and he can take it further his big broken tackle on the screenplay was huge too. Yeah. So big, big Chris Godwin fan. I think he's so important for this team. Um, let's jump to the big picture outlook, guys. Seven and three. It's huge. I'm going to pull up a stat while y'all are discussing this, but seven and three is a huge spot to get to uh, on this season. Two big ones looming. Scott, what are you thinking about the direction of this team this week compared to where you were maybe on them, say, last week? Well, I, I thought they were going to bounce back and win. I predicted that on our Wednesday podcast and, and then uh, certainly doubled down on that in our preview and predictions. 
So this win didn't necessarily surprise me. I thought it was on the schedule as a win. Um, and it's important that they got this because 7-3, and three, as I've said, they've already matched last year's win total with six games to go. Now, if the Buccaneers split these remaining games and go 3-3, three and three, which I think they're going to do even better than that, this is a Buccaneer team that has not lost two games in a row yet, uh, which, is, which is huge. Um, if, if they split, then you're looking at 10 and six and with the extra playoff spot, you're, you're probably in the playoffs. So yes. uh, ob- obviously this Rams game, Mark coming up is, is, is more important than even the chiefs game, because while the chiefs win would be a great signature win over Patrick Mahomes, you know, Tom Brady versus Mahomes, you know, battling again, those guys were AFC foes. Um, the, the chiefs, the Super Bowl defending champions, the Rams uh, loom large because this could be a head-to-head type situation for uh, a playoff game. Seating. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know, when it, when it comes to to the seating, uh, the Rams five and three heading into today's game as it stands right now. The Rams are leading Seattle, and that would be big because that that would possibly move the Rams into uh, a situation where they could contend for the division. Right now, it's log jammed at the NFC West. You've got the Seahawks at six and two, the Cardinals and the Rams both at five and three. The the Forty Nine ers still not out of it at four and five. That's going to be probably a race down to the wire. So, I think the Buccaneers need to really get a win over the Rams to really help solidify their case in the in the NFC. They can drop the one of the Chiefs that they have to split those. That's the way you'd like to see it. Then you've got uh, you know a a month left, Mark and John, with two games against the Falcons. One against the Lions, who are four and five, and then one against the Vikings, who are three and five, and they're playing right now. So nothing's guaranteed, but it looks like the very least this team can do is split down the stretch, and that would be a ten and six record. I would be surprised at this point if the Bucks don't finish eleven and five. Well, we all know Scott that if the Buccaneers get to nine and three, they're guaranteed a playoffs, <laughs> guaranteed. Unless Todd, Bowles decides to, unless Todd Bowles decides to retire or, or quit and, and go coach with his son somewhere at some yes. uh, rinky-dink yeah. school. Tennessee, yeah. probably. At Tennessee, probably. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, the bad memory. Sorry, Buccaneer fans. Just had to remind everybody, until the Buccaneers clinch, I'm, I'm still going to be holding my breath a little bit. But it sure, right. sure is nice to, as you pointed out, to – I don't remember which one person on the Zoom call you said it to, Scott, after the game. But you've, you've matched your win total from yeah. all of last year already so anyway all right guys we had a tremendous chat uh let me throw this today. in here mark before you before sure. you get it out just leave boxing ear fans with a little something seven and three 93 percent of the time from 2009 to 2019 teams that started seven and three made the playoffs 93 percent of the time if they get to eight and three it goes up to a hundred percent of the time if they would have lost today Six and four is only 59% of the time. So the big win for them today in terms of the numbers and they got to keep it rolling. Nothing certain, obviously 93%, not a hundred percent. And even when, even if they're eight and three, it's not locked in, you know, but history is definitely on their side in terms of being a playoff team, but two big ones that tell us how competitive a team they can be are looming large for sure over the next two weeks with the Rams and the chiefs. We want to thank Celsius, uh, our brand new sponsor, title sponsor of the Pewter Nation podcast. We also want to thank my bookie, and uh, our good friends at Manscaped as well for sponsoring the Pewter Report podcast. We will be back tomorrow afternoon, 4 o'clock. Is that right, guys? That's right. You got it, sir. I should remember that. Yep. All right. Q&A with the fans. We'll be taking your questions. Q&A with the fans. 
4 o'clock tomorrow. Make sure to uh, check us out. If you haven't subscribed yet on YouTube, please go and do that as well. For John Ledyard and Scott Reynolds, I'm Mark Cook saying we'll see you next week, or I'm sorry, we'll see you tomorrow with another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. Out. Out.